Hello and welcome to Arrest All Mimics. My name is Ben Tallon. This is the Creative Innovation Podcast. How are you doing, everyone? I'm, uh, I'm dropping this show out of the blue because a wonderful opportunity came up and it was very timely. Um, so, just a little bit of context here. I'm sitting in a Virgin Trains toilet where they don't have the automated lady giving you a funny gag to offset the price of the ticket. <laughs> Um, I'm on the 8 o'clock service, which is pretty quiet, and I've just had the pleasure of sitting down with Malcolm Garrett, who, um, at least in my opinion, is a bit of a legend in the design industry, and he was a wonderful gent, and I was afforded time with him ahead of the show, which is opening tomorrow, as I record this, today as you're listening to this, hopefully, at the GF Smith Showspace in London, just off Oxford Circus, which you have to go and see the exhibition. Um, so basically Malcolm's iconic Buzzcocks cover for Orgasm Addict incredible uh, artwork, design, concept everything around it, beautiful minimal two colour palette, yellow and blues has been reworked by 120 prominent artists and designers and it originally was shown at Design Manchester last year and is now about to open like I say at GF Smith Showspace they're they're absolutely I mean, the detail of these guys and the love of their craft is phenomenal, so go and take a look. The show's going to be on from the 7th of March to the 16th of March 2018, so go and have a look. Um, I'm not going to bang on for too long because, like I say, this is an opportunity, uh, and true to form, I'm recording this in the toilet up and the soap dispenser doesn't drip down to my microphone at any moment. I'm probably getting a load of weird looks, and there's probably someone busting for the toilet right outside the door, so... <laughs> Again, apologies. Well, this gives you a giggle because they're probably not laughing. <laughs> so there you go. Quick thank you to the sponsors of the show, IllustrationWeb.com, my agency representing a lot of artists. Uh, you know the deal. They do great work in the industry, particularly with illustration, from hand lettering to mural work to fashion to all sorts of different stuff. Um, HeartInternet.co.uk, my digital sponsor. And it's a great conversation with a, a real industry legend, so... I'm not going to go on too much longer. Please get me your feedback over at Arrest Almanix on the Twitter, on the Instagram, on the Facebook. Get involved. Tell me what you think. What would you do with Orgasm Addict? How would you remix that? Um, It's incredible. The the range of people in that show. There's so much good stuff going on. So anyway, just in case someone is busting for the toilet, I'm going to get to it. So thank you to Malcolm uh, Garrett for the conversation. Thank you to Jane Crowther for setting me up. Someone's just tried the door, so I'm going to crack on. Who, who curates this? Is it yourself? And uh, uh, well, um, we got the guys at Doctor Me yeah. in Manchester uh, involved. Yeah. And um, and because it's because we we wanted to keep the sleeves anonymous at first. We consulted with the Secret Seven Inch guys, Kevin King at Secret Seven oh, yeah, Inch, who yeah. does that. I was in the first so, one. Yeah. So this is a slightly different from theirs because they. They have they have a number of songs, yeah. and and then people can interpret it. So, the, but it was there was enough overlap for us to say in consultation with Secret Seven Inch. Yeah, yeah. And then then uh, because Doctor Me were based uh, they're based in Manchester, they could uh, collate all of the stuff as it was coming in. Because as yeah. you can imagine, 120 designers is coming in in dribs and drabs. Different file types. Different file types. (laughs) Some people going, have you got my file yet? You haven't replied to me. And and all that kind of stuff. So so we needed somebody at the the sharp end of that. Yeah. And then then 
we also wanted uh, somebody in Manchester because because we uh, we installed it in two locations in Manchester, one in Fred Alder's window yeah. and the other in the, the bar of the Refuge Hotel, uh, the yeah. Refuge Bar of the principal hotel, rather. Yeah. And so, it, you know, it, we needed assistance, because as you can see, it's a big job putting yeah. this stuff up. Um, so Dr. Me, specifically Eddie, Dr. Me, uh, helped out with that, which is really great. It's, it's incredible. I mean, it's surely, surely when you create you know, a piece of work like that. You're never thinking one day 120 people are going to be doing their interpretations. <laughs> You're never even thinking anybody will like it in the yeah. first place. You're never even thinking the band will let you get away with doing it, you know. And, and then, you, then you see it and you go, wow, yeah. I've got a record sleeve because it's my very first record sleeve. You know, I've got a record sleeve out there. That's amazing. Yeah. And, you know, if it stopped there, you know, I would have been a happy person. Mm. But it didn't stop there. I, mean, I did another record sleeve and another record sleeve. And so you've done lots of record sleeves over a few years. So, so the first one, you don't really think any more about it. You think, oh, yeah. You know, you look at it and go, oh, I could have done that bit better. <laughs> you know, all designers do that. Oh, why? Yeah. Did... And, <clears throat> and you learn all sorts of things as you're going along. Um, and then, uh, <laughs> what, what's been pleasantly... Really, no, the pleasantly is too light a term. What's been amazing uh, is, is that when, because it, it wasn't my idea to do this, but it was, it was John, who's the uh, uh, other uh, artistic director at Design Manchester, who had the idea let's get people to remix that sleeve, because it's, it it's exactly the 40 year anniversary right in the middle of the Design Manchester Festival. And, and so John said, let's, let's have people, you know, let's just invite people. And, and he was, he wasn't as ambitious as me, sorry John, he wasn't quite <laughs> as ambitious as me, but he was also a bit more restrictive, he said, let, you know, give people the bits and pieces for the sleeve and let them remix it, mm. and I thought, no, that's, that's actually too restrictive, and, and, <laughs> and let's not just restrict it to young designers in Manchester, let's get young designers in Manchester to do it, for sure, but let's be both. Let's get Peter Savile to do one. Let's get Vaughan Oliver to do one. Mm. And, 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 and then let's, let's reduce the, the amount of stipulations. So the, the stipulations literally came down to, well, you've got two colours. You've got blue and yellow. Stick with that blue and yellow. Yeah. <coughs> you've got the white ground, so you take that as red. You've got the blue and yellow and white. Um, and it's square. Yeah. It's got to work as a seven-inch sleeve. Yeah, and that's it. And do whatever you want. Be as irreverent as you want. You know, because some people, uh, some people were like, "Oh my God, I didn't touch it," and 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 were you know they're old enough to remember it and they have an intimate relationship with it because it might have been for some people it was the first record they bought and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, and then some of the younger designers are going, "What? Who? Who was Scott? <laughs> what?" And then then they look at it and go, "What the fuck's that?" And, yeah. and, and, so, and so, so, so they're irreverent by nature. Yeah. And, and so, so you've got this vast array of people who like really know it well. Like, can you hear me? This one I particularly like. Yes. Because this, this is, uh, was Buzzcock's manager, Richard Boone. Okay. And he and I always joke, for years we've joked about which way up it is. <laughs> Brilliant. So his solution yeah. is like, which way up is it? For the listeners, we've got four arrows on each side of the, the square. Yeah, point, pointing in each direction. Yeah. So whichever way you rotate it, it looks identical. <laughs> um, so, so some people were playing lots of games with it like that. So, for instance, this one as well. 
which is by Colin Burns at BBC. Yeah. He's flipped the colours, changed the O to a, 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 a star, the, the EU stars, <laughs> and changed the iron to an iPhone with a picture of an iron. So, <laughs> so he's been really quite yeah. reverent. Yeah. But, but updated it. Yeah. And it, it's just fantastic looking at the, the uh, all the different ideas. Who knew there were that many? Well, well, I mean, yeah. historically, you mentioned, you know, the first record cover and emotional attachment that people have. Yeah. I find it one of the most beautiful canvases out there for any artist or designer. I mean, you know, this me, yes. me personally, but it just, I wish... Today's music scene, I don't know what's happened, something's transformed, you've now got this polar divide between independent where there's a lot of talent and no money, you've, yes. got, you've got mainstream where there's seemingly no imagination, it's all just processed for you know, quick success. Yes. It's that mid- I want to see that middle ground filled again, you know? I want to see this irreverence back, and there's enough of it, but you, we don't, not enough people get to see can we, it. Can we pause, because this, yeah. this is Buzzcocks Manager. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, just, I feel something about that playfulness. You know, it's, it's just a great canvas. What <coughs> about yourself? Did you, did you find, you mentioned it was early, early days, particularly this one being your first one. Yes. My own personal experience of working with independent bands and having building a yeah. good relationship is it's just such a, a great canvas to develop your, your creative thinking, your skills upon. Did you oh, find totally, that? totally. Well, well, you know, it's it's because people said, how did you come to work with the Buzzcocks? Well, back then, the Buzzcocks were, were a relatively unknown band who were, who were friends of friends. Mm. And I got to know them um, um, because, um, you know, I was a punk, they were punks, there weren't that many punks in, in Manchester, so you knew one another, <laughs> yeah. and I was a graphic designer, and I said, oh, you need some graphic design, I can do graphic design for you, and they went, oh, well, we need a poster, so I designed mm-hmm. this poster and printed it myself, yep. uh, and so that was early in 77, so I'm still on my second year in college, yeah. uh, and then they signed to a major label, and Orgasmatic was the first single they put out on, on, on the label, so again, it was... Um, I was there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's like, it's like, how did you get that job? It's like, well, I got the job just by being in the room well, <laughs> and volunteering. And all the best jobs, you know, yeah. developed that way through. Absolutely. And that's what I say to students now. You make your own luck. You, you, you put, you, you, you'd look for opportunities. You volunteer yourself. You, you put yourself up. Because, as you say... Back then, I wasn't thinking, do you know what, if I do this in 40 years' time, I'll have an exhibition. <laughs> no, I was just like, I'll do this cause, because I love music, yeah. and these are my mates, and I love this particular band. This band is really inspiring. They say, you know, yeah. it's, 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 it's informing all of the work I was doing at college. Yeah, and that, that respect of what you, know, what you yeah. do, it's important to have that balance, isn't it, with a band? Exactly. Know? Yeah. Uh, did, was, that, was that the case? I mean, uh, did, you, did you have any restrictions, or were you given a blank canvas? With uh, uh, well, the restrictions were two colours. Okay. Two colours, and um, the montage of the woman with the iron on the head and the, and the uh, mouths for nipples, that's done by Linda, who is a college friend of mine. Linda had introduced me to the band, and Linda was, that, that's her work, the work she was doing was, was a lot of montages, and um, we decided we'd use one on the cover. Mm-hmm. And so she had a, a selection, and so... I sort of half you half remember things and you yeah. think I think it happened like this and I think in the room there was me there was Linda there was Pete Shelley there was Howard Devoto who was sort of semi-managing them and there was Richard Boone who's Howard's friend mm-hmm. who, who took over as managing them and we sat around going well which montage are we going to use 
and we all love that one. So we chose that one. It was like a, a, a group decision. Mm. Uh, and then, um, as the, the de- graphic designer, as opposed to the illustrator in the room, I took it away and made it into a record sleeve. Mm. So I did the typography, I chose the blue and yellow, I photocopied it, and I literally just photocopied it to, to get the size right. Yes. <laughs> you know, because you don't have computers then. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I was actually working in a factory in Bolton uh, where they had a photocopier, because there weren't many photocopies around. Uh, and so I was able to use the office photocopier there. And, um, yep. And that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. There's, there's no magic formula. I love that. There's no I magic formula. Just seeing what's around at any given time, what grabs you, what's there to use. You know, yes, that's what's yeah. beautiful about. And that's why I thought I'm kind of a little cold on having everything so immediate and fingertips. You know, it just yeah. it sometimes takes away that desperation that you need to yes. to churn out unexpected results. Yeah. You know. Uh, so what, what's your actual background? I mean, where are you? What? What? You know, where did you grow? You grew up around Manchester. Uh, yeah, I was born in Northwich, yeah. in Mid Cheshire. Uh, and the, the fantastic thing about Northwich is that it's at the junction of a railway line that joins Chester and Manchester and a railway line that joins Liverpool and Crewe. Mm. My parents are from Liverpool. Uh, I, I used to take that train to school uh, to into Greater Manchester to go to a Catholic grammar school. Uh, by the time I was 16, 17, a lot of my friends who lived in Northwich, where I lived, um, went to the public school... Uh, the King's, either the King's School or the Queen's School in mm. Chester. Now they had their parents had cars uh, which they could borrow at the weekend. I was a council estate kid. Yeah. And so, so I grew up sort of with a mixture of influences from, from very nice Chester to uh, Scally Liverpool mm. with the hangover of the 60s. I grew up with the Beatles uh, yep. and, and all those Liverpool comedians and, and football. Uh, and then went to school through my teenage years and, and then into university, into Manchester. So I'm a hybrid mm. of all of these different Northwest influences. And I think that stood me in good stead because I, I don't, you know, whilst I, 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 I sort of, not sort of, I do actually identify more with Manchester than anywhere else uh, because that's, that's the city that sort of enveloped me in my, in my formative years. And obviously then professionally, you know, went to university there, met Buzz Cox mm-hmm. and, and developed out of Manchester. So I have a huge affinity for Manchester. Um, graduated in 1978 when there wasn't really a design uh, industry, mm-hmm. certainly no music industry at that time in Manchester. So, so emigrated to London as everybody did at that point. Uh, and I've lived in London ever since, uh, and uh, and <laughs> now trying to stop people emigrating from Manchester. So I'm working very closely with Design Manchester yes. to celebrate and promote uh, uh, and you know <coughs> reinforce the idea that that there is a fantastic, talented, thriving, prosperous design community in Manchester, yeah. the like of which I didn't have the opportunity to, to join back in the seventies. Um, so, you know, you could argue, well, why, why don't you move back to Manchester, Malcolm? And there is a case for that, but there's also a case for me being the London office. Of, you know, if, if Manchester is going to be taken as seriously as, as it should, then it, Manchester needs to take itself seriously, and the rest of the world needs to know about it. So, yes. so it's important that here we are in a gallery in, in, uh, in London, but taking a show that was from Manchester. So it's celebrating Manchester yes. in London 
rather than the other way around. Yeah, I think you had a really good thing there about global, about the way the world is now. Yeah, local has to be global as it well. Does. And, yes. and, and there's great merit in that. I mean, I've been fortunate enough in the last couple of years to visit Japan and Minsk on two projects. And in both instances, I had a wonderful experience of hearing people's completely different backgrounds and stories and their take on what I was doing. And, and that just, oh, it lights up a whole different aspect of what you're yes, doing that yeah, you don't yeah. see. How's it going, Design Manchester? Because it seems to get bigger every year. Design Manchester is going phenomenally well, I have to say. We're in our sixth year. Um, John and I started it at, at, the, at the request of David Crow, the, the dean of the, of the School of Art at the time. Uh, because the School of Art, which is the oldest undergraduate art school in the country, was 175 years old, and so we wanted to put on some events throughout the year uh, to celebrate that. And, and specifically, we wanted a, a major event to coincide with the opening of a new building. Uh, and and he, he asked myself, uh, who'd been working with the, uh, the uh, Manchester alumni here in London, and John, who's based in Manchester, who'd... who'd uh, organised events and he put us together and said come up with an event so we came up with an event um, uh, which is a conference a day, you know an afternoon day long sort of afternoon conference which I wanted it, it to be in the town hall uh, mm-hmm. because uh, for me it was important that that we had the, the city council on board and they were going to be on board whether they like it or not because <laughs> we're in their building <laughs> so, so that was that was like you know by stealth <coughs> and um and John came up with a name because he says, because, you know, we've got to have a name for it. Well, what's it about? Well, design. Where is it? Manchester. <laughs> Let's just call it Design Manchester. Not Manchester Design. Design Manchester. Almost with a kind of invisible comma in there. Design Manchester. <laughs> yeah. Thinking, well, we can do Design Liverpool. We can do Design Sheffield. Mm. You know, we can, we can extend it. Design the world. Yes. Uh, so, so we were always mentally ambitious. And we'd, uh, but we, but we, we just thought it's just going to be a one-off event, and we, en- <laughs> and, and we enjoyed it. But there were other events going on the same week as, as that, that David had, 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 was organising. So it be sort of beca- by default, even in the first year, it became a festival of, of I think there were maybe five events mm. in, a, across the week, and it was fun. It was, we got some great speakers, you know, because one of my strengths in Design Manchester is. Yeah. I know all these designers. And if I, and I call somebody up and say, will you do this thing? Nine times out of ten, they'll go, yeah, okay, Malcolm, yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> very few people, well, people say, no, they can't because they're busy, or but very few people say, no, I won't. They, they, they sort of go, do I have to? Go, yeah, you do. Okay. <laughs> so, so, so that's a strike. And, um, and we, so we enjoyed doing it that first year. And the second year, we went, let's do it again. And we did it again in the town hall. And, and I think we did 17 events that year because people, we, yeah, people liked the idea of it. And, and it's like, well, you know, let's put on a print fair because there is a print fair. Let's, well, let's do the print fair during that week. Mm. Anyway, after five years, which was last year, 64 events over 12 days, which is an enormous amount of things. And, and some of the events are... Are partner events, and so we just put the badge on and say yes, Design Manchester, yep. because because people are now calling us up saying, "Is it okay if fantastic. we put on an event during that week?" Yes, of course, yes. it's fantastic, and we're consolidating the number of events we do. So we do the conference, we do some major exhibitions. We won't be doing four exhibitions about <laughs> Buzzcocks next year. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Uh, and we do a debate, and and uh, and the other thing I, I want to do with the relationships with first of all with the School of Art, and and then with the University of Salford, and last year University of Bolton because uh, of the Buzzcocks connection, yeah. and um, what I try to do is ensure that if we're bringing speakers to Manchester, whether it's from. Uh, you know, whether it's from Bristol or London or from Los Angeles, if you're in Manchester, then let's get you involved and, and uh, let's do some workshops for students. Let's give, uh, yeah. you know, let, let's, let's give, a, a, you know, the conference talk, you, you know, your keynote talk, but then let's actually... So two years ago we had Pete Girardi from Head of Animation at Warner Brothers. Wow. He gave, a, a, you know, a, a masterclass for mm. animators and filmmakers wow, as thing. well as doing the keynotes at the yeah. conference. And, and he used to be a graffiti artist in New York. So we had him join the walking tour of, of, of wow. street art. And so it's like, you're in Manchester, we've flown you in. Or, or you know, he wanted to come, and so he, so he, made, you know, he got Warner Brothers to pay for it, which is great, because we're, you know, we're on, operating on, yeah. on less than a shoestring. And, um, and so he was really keen to, it's like, you know, I'm here for three days. Yeah. Let's do it all. Yeah, we'll go, yeah. <laughs> which is really good. So, so we try and maximise the reach yeah. You know, from, from primary school kids, secondary school, yeah. obviously the universities, because it's a massive mm-hmm. student body in Manchester, through to uh, <coughs> age-friendly Manchester and, yeah. and uh, um, professional development and, and, and yeah. the general public. And I think that's really important because um, it's something that comes up quite often on this show, but I have a lot of discontent with the, with the whole removal of art from the back in education at the moment. I think it's uh, a, yes, a huge mistake. Yeah. And I think industry is going to have to pick up the pieces. So mm. to, to know that people have got that way of thinking of including people right from a young age through to community is crucial. It's, that's, that's something that really, really concerns me a lot is, is the educational pathways. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know whether you've, you've seen any uh, uh, Ken Robinson on, uh, yes. on TED Talks. Yeah. I mean, he... he Rightfully, you know, quite rightly points out that, you know, in primary school, everybody, every kid in the class is an artist. Everybody can paint. 100%. By the time, you know, when you're five, everyone can paint. When you're 15, nobody can. What happened? <laughs> Where did creativity go? Yeah. Everybody's still like creative. It's just that they're sort of they're taught that that there are people better than you doing it. So you, so your creativity isn't as valid as somebody else's, mm-hmm. which is rubbish. Uh, and you taught that, that there's no jobs, yeah. which is insane. Especially it's, in today's climate. In today's climate, it's, it's a bigger, you know, the creative industries are taken together are, are, are bigger than any other industry uh, uh, outside of the financial services. Yeah, economically as well, which is, the, you know, the government language, which is why I'm so baffled. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. And I've, I've had this conversation a few times with... Uh, um, John Sorrell, Sir John Sorrell, who's who set up the National Art Design Saturday Club, which we helped introduce yeah. into into Manchester, uh, and and I had uh, I was I met with him a couple of days ago, and he told me specifically there's a person in government, Ben Gibson or somebody like that, I can't remember Bill Gibson or Bill Gibbs or, and he said he does not get it. He does not get it. Forget the uh, the education secretary. This person is responsible for giving the advice and setting budgets, and he doesn't get it. He's, he only gets sciences. So until we get rid of that one, can you imagine one person in government is fucking the entire country mm. from a creative? And it's just so strange because view. it's not. It's not. You know, are they saying there's no creativity in science because that's 
you know, it's all ridiculous. The creativity underpins everything. Of course you know, it does. You know, unless you've got a James Watt, you know, who'll, who'll creatively think through a yeah. problem to invent the bloody steam engine. Yeah. You know, it's... We're not going to progress. I mean, even, you know, to, to look at your own story, you know, quite well documented, your, your embracing of technology and, yeah. uh, you know, and moving quite. forward. Again, it's... Because technology informs everything. It does. And so to, to have a creative viewpoint, you know, so, and, and, and there I take issue with, with my own, my own uh, sector, if you like. You know, when I first embraced computers, the, the design industry was like wanting them to go away. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, no. Yeah. Uh, uh, <coughs> so it's a two-way street, you yeah. know. So, so um, yeah. you, don't, you don't get creativity without technology and you don't get, uh, you don't get uh, positive or exceptional use of technology without creativity, without creative thinking. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah, without one, everything falls apart, doesn't it? Exactly. How do you feel about it now? I mean, I find it an incredibly exciting time. I'm an illustrator slash art director slash writer slash whatever else yes, I decide yeah, to do yeah, any yeah. given week. And just the, the things that enable, you know, facilitate the ideas that I have these days, it's so affordable and at my fingertips. I find that incredibly exciting. Absolutely. It's, 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 it's amazing. I mean, I'm a very kind of swings and roundabouts kind of person, you know, and, and the, the, the from limitations, good things come. Yes. I mean, this record sleeve we're looking at had limitations. Hey, it was square. <laughs> uh, and, and we only could have two colours. And I had a photocopy. I, I had a full colour illustration that I had to make into, into a monochrome. So there were limitations that forced, if you like, a creative solution. Or forced the path from which a creative solution would, would come about. So... So to have uh, uh, restrictions is not a bad thing. You know, it, it, it can uh, make the creative juices flow. Uh, and, and if I'm critical of, of one of the problems with uh, uh, digital design now, uh, is that one of the problems is there are no problems. Mm-hmm. And so you end up doing 450 slightly different colour variations, yeah. trying to get to the, the one. Whereas... With Orgasmatic, I chose a blue, I chose a yellow, it went to print. When it came back, that's how it was. Yes. And, and fingers crossed that it was okay. Yeah. And, and so you had to put a little bit more thinking, a bit more planning, a bit more confidence mm-hmm. in those are the outcomes that you want to expect. Because yeah. once it's printed, it's too late. You can't unprint it. You can't take the ink off the paper. Yeah. Uh, and... And, and you know, in the digital world, the ink never dries. Yeah. So uh, there's swings and roundabouts. Yes, like any technology at any time, it's yeah. about that balance, isn't it? Yeah, and it doesn't it doesn't make one way of doing things better than the other. No, it it, it means you've got a different set. You know, the constraints here is <laughs> is is there's no stop button. Yes. <laughs> so that's a constraint of its own. <laughs> you Without need a stop button. Yeah. <coughs> I had Graham Wood on the show and he was talking very fondly of his time at St Martin's in I think the 80s and again the same thing you know having yes. to sit at one computer therefore having to go out and work on photocopies like you mentioned about yes. this and, and, and you can you now when you look at the work he did with Tomato and everything, you can see the, the, that playfulness and experimentation yes. yeah, that came yeah. from having little to work with so uh, yeah. yeah there's definitely something to be said about that you know without a shadow of a doubt uh, actually, Graham sent a question to ask oh. you. He said, 
I thought it's this morning um, <laughs> when I posted it on Instagram. Uh, he said uh, the, the new Gold Dream album cover. He, yes. said, he said it was a very inspirational piece for him early in his career. Uh, oh, that's sweet. And to ask you about that, there wasn't a, a specific question about it, but is there a story behind that album cover? Um, there's a story in as much as I was introduced to to uh, Simple Minds when they signed to Virgin Records, and so so I knew of them. Uh, they'd had three records out on another record label. They signed to Virgin. I did a lot of work with Virgin, uh, with uh, um, first the members and then and magazine and and uh, many other bands, the Human League, mm-hmm. the, then Heaven Seventeen, and, and a whole bunch of bands. So, I, so, so a lot of my work was coming from Virgin, and they, they were very excited when they signed Simple Minds because Simple Minds were were at a point in their career where they, where Virgin figured they were going to break big, and they'd had some fantastic twelve inch tracks out like I Travel uh, and which were like kind of uh, in the clubs, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there were there were there were big tunes at um, at the Blitz Club because they had that kind of Euro techno feel to it and so so they, were, they signed to Virgin and, and I was introduced to them do you want to work with these guys yes I want to work with these guys so I, I met them and, and Jim Kerr and Charlie Birchall were like two of the most wonderful people I've ever met and still to this day they're, they're fantastic and so they were great to work with and and we had a short time scale they wanted the first record sleeve like within a week mm. and, and I hadn't really got to know them that well and, and I like to get to know the band so, so I, had, I had this trick at the time <coughs> that is that in order to not to uh, build any uh, restrictions or send yourself down any, any cul-de-sacs design wise then, then do two things one of two things uh, thing number one is do as little as possible to be playing <laughs> and, and secondly, just put in some hooks, some of which might work, mm-hmm. and some of which you might be able to pick up on later and develop, and then it'll look to the outside world as if you had a master plan. <laughs> no, your only master plan was not to, not to build yourself any brick walls you'd climb over. <laughs> anyway, we loved playing Simple Minds in the studio, and, and, and the first album, Sons of Fascination and Sister Feelings Call, I absolutely adore. They were fantastic. And and we, and we, I was working with another designer, Gary Mowat, who, who worked with me at Assorted Images, and, and we, between us, we developed this idea that that um, there was something um, almost biblical, biblical about about Jim Kerr's words, <laughs> uh, and this sort of tr- translated into what if we could use the power of religious imagery without any religious overtones mm. but, but capture that graphic potency and, and, and if, we could, if we could develop something that had that religious potency um, New Gold Dream it seemed to triumphant yeah and you know when they were Glaswegian I don't know whether they were Catholic or Protestant it didn't really matter but there was something there was something um, not preachy but something you know empowering yeah. about Jim's words and the strength of their music mm. that Somehow it all all came together. So that's that's the story then. The first Mm. Buzzcocks poster was done on G.S. Smith's paper and here we are today at the show space. Well, as we were talking earlier about um, how things come about, well, um, before we did the orgasmatic sleeve, 
I met Buzzcox through Linda, who was a, uh, she was a year above me doing illustration at, at college, and um, they needed a poster. They said, "Can you can you do as a poster?" Because they weren't signed to a label. They said, can you do you design a poster for us that we can write things on? You know, like yeah. playing at band on the wall Tuesday yeah. the twenty first. And so I sort of came up with this poster that was both blank, i.e. you could write on top of the figure, that's, that's why I've written, yeah. painted on. Uh, you could write on it, anything you wanted, but also if designed to go be portrait or landscape, depending on, on the space. And I love screen printing, I was, you know, uh, Andy Warhol was a huge influence, and so I was learning screen printing. So I screen printed some posters, and I screen printed them myself mm. in in the uh, in in the uh, in Manchester Polytechnic, and I gave about thirty posters to Richard Boone, and they used some of them. But then they signed to you know things were yeah. accelerating for them, and and they didn't all get used before they'd signed to United Artists, and <laughs> about a year or so ago, maybe it's probably long now, two years ago. Richard told me that he had some under his bed. <laughs> and so outcome, and I had, I had some of my own that I'd saved from the time, and outcome from under his bed, these perfect posters and the original films that I'd made them with. Wow. That, that for some reason I'd given them to him in 1977. And um, so taking the original films, I printed some new. And, and it all coincided with, you know, working with G.F. Smith at Design Manchester and, you know, and it being a wonderful relationship and Jane being fantastic. And, and, and I said, you know, my, the very first thing I ever did as a professional designer, I did on G.F. Smith paper. Did you know that? And I'd like to reprint it. And wouldn't it be great to print it on the same G.F. Smith paper? Do you still have it? Yes, we do. Okay, well, we print it. And then we print it on Tabriz Blue and Real Grey. Wow. Uh, I didn't... The third is the Fuchsia which I didn't print any future, we kind of limited <laughs> the number we, we print. The, the, the ones on black and pink, they're, they're, we don't think they're G.F. Smith papers, because <coughs> they're a different type of paper, I and mean, you can see they've actually rippled. Yeah. Um, not as good quality paper as the G.F. Smith. So it's, so it's really amazing that there, side by side, is the ones printed on... G.F. Smith in 1977 and the ones printed in 2018 yeah. and there's barely any difference. If you actually put the two greys side by side the older one is slightly paler. Yeah. Uh, but the current one identical. <laughs> identical. And what a great thing to see uh, you know, a company that cares about its products and creativity like, like G.F. Smith do putting yes. on, using their space to put on you know, mm. show off great work mm. like this I, I think you know, it's, it'd be nice to see more and more of that happening absolutely yes you know, I think you, especially London you walk down so many streets and you don't know what's behind these doors and windows yes. and you know to, to think this is stuff's going on you know, I, I hope it gets more prominence in future absolutely yeah I mean, I'm, I'm really delighted that we're, we're one of the first um, non-permanent Exhibitions they have, you know, because they've had yeah. they exhibit their own work, their yeah. own paper. Uh, so I, th- I think we might be the second. I don't know. Jane would be able to conf- confirm, mm. but I, I, I feel immensely proud yeah. that um, that the company takes this this stuff so seriously. Absolutely, it's great. Yeah. It's really great. So where do we find you now? Um, 
I saw a comment, I think it was in an eye interview, and you said, I'm not a very good career planner. Has that changed? Have you always kind of been just responsive to what, what's inspiring you at any time? Or? Well, yes, yes. <coughs> and especially working in the music industry, it's very day by day. Yeah. You know, you get the call. We've just signed Simple Minds, as we were talking. Yeah. Do you want to work with them? Yes, I do. And then you end up working with Simple Minds non-stop, pretty much for eight years. Mm. Um, and so things sort of develop like that. So, it, you know, and I don't suddenly think, do you know what? I'll work with Simple Minds for two years, and then what <laughs> I think I'll do is that then, then I'll try and get the Rolling Stones. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, no, fuck no. the Rolling Stones. No, I, I just love working with Jim and Charlie. I'll carry on working with Jim and Charlie until something else happens. Yeah. I, I guess the only planning, the, the only way it, it has changed is, is that working with Design Manchester... Uh, again, which we were talking about earlier, where, where we were <laughs> having done the first year, we went, oh, should we do it again? Now we, now we plan. Yeah. We do do planning. And, and, we, <coughs> and um, if you like, you know, I, I see that as, as, as my true career now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm in my bloody 60s. I'm, there's no way I'm going to do a piece of work as a, as a 21-year-old that's going to be as uh, uh, life-changing, if you like, as yeah. orgasmatic. There's no way that's going to happen again. This is why we're celebrating it. Um, so what I can do is, as I say, open up my address book and open up the tell of other people's address books and make calls and, and spread the love. Yeah, and, and and try and create opportunities through education, through connections, through support. You know whether that's physical or verbal and mental, just through support and encouragement, uh, um, enable other people to yeah. to to have the opportunity to have those orgasmatic moments for themselves. <laughs> I think it's a very admirable attitude, and I think it's pr- I see it a lot in our industry. People, you know, who love to create, like to give back what they you know what people give to them I had a whole string they of do. mentors throughout my career who there's no way I'd be doing this for a living if it wasn't for them so I, I with a great passion like to try and give that to people. I've got a whole list of people uh, who have done selfless wonderful things for me some of them are on here and, and they'll never even see this uh, Andrew Lauder who, who signed Buzzcock to United Artists Martin uh, Russian who sadly passed away who was the producer both of those people were incredibly generous to me when I left uh, uh, university. Mm. Uh, you know, creating space for me, giving me space, giving me a loan, and giving me advice. Simply because they like the work I was doing. Yeah. You know, and, and the way I want to, I, I can repay that to them is by is by having the same yeah. attitude to young people. Yeah, hundred percent. I think yeah. it's a beautiful thing about this industry, and I love it. I really do. It's, um, I hope I'm in, you know, in a position to keep doing that. I mean, it's what I'm trying to do with this. I'm just trying to post this ongoing uh, storytelling from all people across the arts in the hope that you know, someone who's looking for some inspiration or just enjoys listening to it might take something away from that because I certainly did from other people before me. So, you know, yeah. it's, um, it's, I think it's a cycle that needs to be perpetuated. Yeah, so. Absolutely. Good on you. <laughs> <laughs> well, the last question I ask my guests, uh, I call it Shark in the Tank after the Damien Hurst piece. It's a real love okay. piece about. Yeah. And I ask them for a positive and a negative about what they do, about creativity. It's a very lateral question that's wide open. Well, in some ways, we've sort of covered it. Yeah. I mean, the positive is, is 
it really is, I think, the opportunity we have with Design Manchester, both to support young creatives, support the creative industry in general across the country, fight Brexit, fight the imbalance across the country, support what is, you know, what has become my hometown, even though I wasn't quite born there. Uh, the positive for that, it, 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 the ability to, to play a part yes. with other people um, uh, at an international level is fantastic. For me, that's, that's the, the outcome of, of being a young, enthusiastic, not arrogant, but certainly kind of uh, overconfident uh, young student when he was punk. Uh, <laughs> out, outspoken and, and, uh, and, and ready to, to kind of, yeah, ready, ready to step out and do stuff, you know, 40 years ago. Has now put me in a in a, you know has now helped put me in a position where where that voice that attitude can be brought to bear on, on something that's bigger than both of us. Yeah. And and the negative is fucking Brexit. Yeah. We've got to fucking stop it. It's it's ridiculous. It's it's ridiculous. I have not met anybody who can see any bloody sense in it, can see any positives, any advantage, any, anything at all in it. It's, it's all negative. Uh, and so um, let's not end on a negative. Yeah. Let's end on a positive. Yeah. Brexit is over yeah. if you want it. Yeah, it's true. And I've always been a great... The one thing that really dragged me into this industry with a passion was seeing people like Ken Garland and, and, their, and their work for good causes and things they were passionate about. And I, and I will always carry that with me. It's just in my blood. Therefore, to have an outlet and a way to voice those feelings, you know, I wish every person could have that. I really do. Yeah. Wow, okay, yeah. Is that one of, that, is that one of yours? Well, it's based on, on uh, John and Yoko. War is over. Of course, Brexit is at that. <laughs> I didn't get that at first. Of course it is, yeah. Which is 50 years old yeah. this year. If that, was, that was done in 1968. Okay. Well, and here we are, 50 years on. Let's so channel that so I, couldn't, I couldn't help but, um, but uh, 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 channel that, yes. that, that thought. Yeah. Um, and so actually on my Instagram, you will see... But I'm thinking of making some t-shirts. Oh wow! Okay, brilliant. I'd love to. Or see uh, in, in fact, um, somebody said, uh, um, "What did they say?" They said I should make the uh, the artwork, make a template available to download or something. And I've said, "Yes, mm. that's a great plan." So I've said, "If any of my followers would like copies of this artwork for their own use, it's available in Illustrator or other formats." Please. Oh, fantastic! Me. Okay. So anybody can have that artwork. I want that out there. Well, I'll put a link on the show then when, we, when, we, when yeah. it goes out. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be brilliant. <laughs> well, thank you ever so much for your time, Mark. No, it's thanks, been, ben. Uh, it's a pleasure. Been great. Sorry if that took longer than expected, but. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. <laughs> Do you know, like you say, you said right at the beginning, it's like, you know, you had this conversation and then you said, now should we do the interview? It's never felt like an interview, so it's, it's a been good. It's a compliment. So, so, so it's, it's what I go you caught me at a good moment. Had I been distracted with something that wasn't quite <laughs> happening, it might have gone differently. But, but thanks for also being patient. And, of course. And, and coming okay. back. It's a great pleasure, sir. Of yeah. course. Thank you. And so are you around for tomorrow? You to... Sadly not. I got, <coughs> I got a big job through last week that's quite a harsh deadline. Uh, I would love to stay down for yeah. it, but I've got to see it today. So yeah. that's, uh... Well, we are, hopefully, not hopefully, we will be taking the show to Birmingham. Oh, wonderful. Birmingham City University want to take it in a bigger space again. Oh, brilliant. So, so there's going to be 
everything you see here, I would have thought. <coughs> Plus, we did an exhibition in Bolton University called Time's Up, which celebrated Buzzcock's Mark I before I got involved. And so that poster uh, was done to, to commemorate that, this Spiral Scratch, Fantastic. which is the first EP, which is what I heard uh, that made me want to get to know this, this back. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a whole exhibition that I curated of, of material from that period before yeah. I got involved. So uh, that whole... So there'll be... Yeah, we'll combine two exhibitions. Brilliant, okay. In, well, in Birmingham, exciting. from June to, uh, to August. So, Super, thanks. So you must come, come along to that. Absolutely, 100%, yeah. yeah. So what do you think, guys? I've been quite fired up by the irreverence on display in the Orgasm Addict Reframed exhibition. Um, so much playful work that it's got me in a virgin toilet recording my podcast. There you go, there you have it. I hope Malcolm is on board with the concept. I hope he enjoys what I've done with the interview. Thank you so much for your time, Malcolm, and uh, a big thank you to Jane Crowther from GF Smith and their support for this episode also. Go and check them out, go and see the show. Big thank you to illustrationweb.com and heartinternet.co.uk for the support. Thank you of course to all you wonderful people for listening in keep checking back go back and check out the archive um, and give us your feedback at Arrest on the Mix on all social channels going to keep it short and sweet we've got Charles Williams coming up next keep your eyes peeled see you in a bit